Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees. Well, guys, I, I feel like I owe everyone an apology. Um, we we have not posted since we haven't posted an episode since September third. But I'm not going to apologize because we've been super busy creating content that that you're just going to find super helpful if you are in the student housing industry. And it doesn't matter if you're off campus or on campus, you're going to find the stuff we've been working on very helpful. We've also held two of our regional summits uh, since the last time we posted. Uh, Our Southwest Summit was held in Waco, Texas, and then last week we finished our last one for the year, for 2019, with the Southeast Summit held in Charlotte. And in the middle of those two, we had LeaseCon that's put on by Student Housing Business Magazine. So three conferences in four weeks, and uh, (laughs) here is my overall takeaway um, the landscape in this industry is getting to a point where everyone knows what a good student housing product should look like, fill, and, and operate. But execution, that's right, execution is what is setting apart the winners from the losers. And, and I'm not just talking about the property management companies that are out there. I'm talking about the developers, the underwriters, the lenders, the investors, Everybody, everybody that's involved in this industry. You know, there, there used to be a day 20 years ago when I got started in this industry where, where a developer could just take some cookie cutter apartment floor plan, uh, make sure there was bed to parking space parity, uh, build it within three miles of a university and lease it by the bed and call it student housing. Uh, not anymore. It, that just doesn't work. Developers, you got to stop doing stupid deals. And I'm going to get on my soapbox here, but um, I saw an announcement recently, like within the past couple of weeks, in a market that just delivered 1,400 beds, both on campus and off campus, at a tier one school in the southeast where. The market vacancy on purpose built student housing in that market is around 16%. And I personally know that with concessions and gift cards and uh, you know rates have essentially dropped effectively probably eight percent the past year yeah a, a developer just closed on a piece of land with plans to build over 500 beds in that market and, and the university is projected to grow only one to two percent uh each of the next three years i mean what market analysis was that person using I, look, I, I get you've got capital that needs to be invested, but really, I mean, oh, I get it. It falls into an opportunity zone. Well, thank you for collapsing rental rates for the next five years. Did you word that into your underwriting? Um, I, I just, I just don't get it. And investors and lenders, if that last story isn't enough, I mean, it should be a warning that you can't just leave it up to the developer and some junior analyst that isn't putting numbers into a spreadsheet. I'm shocked at the number of lenders and fund managers who never call the university to fact check a blue book um, that, you know, some developers throwing onto their desk and never get on an airplane to go actually see the market and shop it. I'm just shocked by the number of 
the, the number of assignments that I end up getting. And after doing a little bit of research, I found out that no one actually really did their job before this project was conceived. Um, and, you know, and, and last but not least, the operators. Guys, you've got a mess on your hands to deal with. Uh, the the margins on management fees have gotten ridiculously small. Just, uh, you know, to the point, I, I don't see how any of you can provide enough scale to support your sites without having at least, I don't know, 50,000 beds, 75,000 beds in your portfolio. And, and that's not to say that operators with over 50,000 beds are, are doing a better job than those that are under that. I just feel like we are reaching a point where instead of an operator being innovative and bringing more value, you just end up cutting your management fee to get the job and then throw more money into your business development department so you can replace that client in a year when they're unsatisfied of the results. This just... This just sucks because there used to be a day where a regional operator with five to 10,000 beds could make a decent living and support their site so much better than a company with a national footprint. But I fear those, those days are gone. There's a few still out there, but for the most part, those are, those are, are disappearing quickly. So yeah, all the problems I see plaguing the industry right now has to do with execution. Uh, the days of, hey, we'll just figure it out, they're gone. Um, it's way too competitive. So as we move into October, I would encourage you to, to really ask yourself, what does proper execution look like for you and in your position? All right, let me get off my soapbox. Um, I wish I could spend a lot of time on that, but I've got an interview to play for you guys. The interview is with Matthew Berger and Dave Borsos with the National Multi-Housing Council, or NMHC as we commonly refer to it, about their upcoming student housing conference next week in Chicago. Uh, it's the 14th through the 16th. In fact, I think attending this conference parlays pretty well with developing better ways to execute. Uh, this is the longest-standing industry conference. Um, it's now going into its 17th year. It presents a great time to, to network for deal makers because everyone knows where their occupancy is at now and you know for this fall and if if they should tee up you know to sell or refinance moving into the new year. Um, but for for those of us on the operation side, it, it's a great event to talk about what worked and what didn't work this past year with our operating strategies. And by the way, that includes leasing and marketing. Additionally, NMHC offers some great content as it relates to benchmark data as well as tax and legislative impacts to the industry. Um, so let's cut over to my interview with David and Matt. David Matthew, welcome to the podcast once again. Thanks. It's great to be with you. We really appreciate the opportunity to share what the National Multifamily Housing Council is doing um, in conjunction with our upcoming 17th Annual Student Housing Conference in Chicago in October. Well, this is, as you mentioned, this is the, the 17th annual, and I feel like this event is, is really the most well-rounded conference um, that, that we have in the student housing industry. And, you know, regardless if you're an on-site property manager to the C-suite of, you know, one of the national operators, 
to everything in between both on campus and off campus i just feel like there's so much content that is great to be able to to take away from this event and you know i love the other national conferences that we've got as well but this is kind of the one that i I tell everybody you know it it doesn't really matter who you are in the industry if you want to get a good view as to what's happening both big picture as well as on the ground this is the one that you know they should really get to um give our listeners just a a quick rundown of, of what they can expect from this year's conference Sure. And first, I'd just like to thank you for the kind words. You know, we really do strive to be the industry uh, leading conference um, in to provide um, outstanding content to all the attendees. Uh, This year, we've reimagined the conference just a little bit because what we did is we looked at the success of our apartment strategies conference that we have every year in January in conjunction with the NMHC annual meeting. Mm-hmm. And back at that conference, we try to give attendees a forward look over the next 18 to 24 months over where the multifamily market uh, is likely to go. And that's exactly what we want to do at this year's student housing conference for the student housing community. Our panels and particularly those focused on capital markets, developments, investors, and the economic outlook, are going to look at what's, what is likely to occur over the next 18 to 24 months and how that's likely to impact the student housing marketplace. Um, and it's interesting that you divided um, your comments up between the big picture and what's happening on the ground. So that's what we're doing for the big picture. And on the ground, we've also have, we're also going to have some really great panels on issues that would include uh, proprietary technology, uh, P3s, um, and some uh, management and marketing issues that we'll get into uh, later, I hope, during this podcast. Great. So, so this let me year, add one other thing. Yeah. Hey, Wesley, let me add one other thing that I think is also uh, important for uh, people to hear. So, two years ago, Matthew and I decided to put together a, a focused research fund uh, yes. for the student housing industry because we believe that there's not enough information and not enough research published on this important sector. And after raising this uh, funds from our uh, from our industry, we embarked on putting out research. And so we're going to have a delivery of our first uh, sponsored research piece uh, during the conference as well. So we're excited to do that. And then one of the other things that we had uh, done for a number of years, but haven't done for the last two years, but based on our community feedback, uh, people wanted it again, is our income and expense survey. And this is a survey of uh, the uh, largest uh, owners and managers in the industry It'll be a compilation of that information, which will also be presented at the conference as well. So those are other two things that we're excited about that uh, we think are are, uh, exceedingly beneficial for the uh, industry. Yes, yes. I I remember, uh, I believe it was Fred Pierce that you guys were working with to to get that uh, to get that started. And great, great to uh, great to hear that uh, some fruits of that labor are, are coming to the going to be presented at this at this conference the um and then yeah the benchmark survey that you're talking about for income and expenses i know we had a brief conversation about that last year you know asking hey the last one i've got's from you know 
2016, which is 2015's numbers. And I was like, I, you know, as a consultant, I refer to that on, you know, an ongoing basis. And of course, a lot of the content that, you know, we create for our summits, as well as for this podcast, a lot of times we're referring back to that. So I'm happy that that's going to be, or that that has been updated. And, And that alone, I will tell everybody that is worth the price of admission. <laughs> is to is to get that report. So glad to uh, glad to so, hear that. The one other the one other key thing that people should know when you're talking about it. So unlike past years where we actually, it's been a uh, while it's been presented electronically, um, it's been a a uh, set number of uh, charts that have been calculated by us and um, for viewing. Uh, this year we're actually making the data available via an Excel spreadsheet. So to the degree that somebody wants to run a slightly different analysis, yeah. uh, the information will be in, a, in an Excel spreadsheet. That's fantastic. Looking forward to it. Um, so as you guys mentioned at the beginning, this year it's in Chicago, and, and I love when these national conferences are in the middle of the country because I feel like you know it's, it's a lot easier for everybody to, to get to from around the country. A couple things in regards to that. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about the venue and, and the location and uh, maybe you know, even kind of the expectation that you're, you're seeing on number of attendees this year as well. So we're going to be at the Marriott down uh, right in the middle of Chicago, and we are very, very excited about Chicago precisely for the reason that you indicated, that it's in the middle of the country. So we really hope that that will be able to attract people to come in from all, from all parts of the country because it's a pretty short flight no matter where you're coming from. In addition to that, there's a number of student housing companies uh, in Chicago, so it'll be a much easier uh, trip for them. But we're right downtown with yeah. lots of great uh, restaurants, cultural venues, and it's a great time of year to be in Chicago. Uh, the weather is just perfect in <laughs> exactly. October. Exactly. And we're, we're just, you know, we're really thrilled that we uh, are able to host this conference in, in the Windy City. Yeah, yeah. October is a great time to to be there. If it's if it's in the summer, you you take the chance of it being really humid and hot. And if it's in the winter, you're going to be dealing with flight delays and snow and everything else. So that uh, that is a perfect time to to be in Chicago for sure. So uh, last year, you guys had Amy Trask uh, from the Oakland Raiders as the keynote, and, and she was amazing. I didn't really know you know what to expect kind of going into that. I you know read her book and um, you know knew a little bit about who she was but she just really kind of knocked everybody off their feet with the uh, fireside chat that she had with uh, with Mr. Dinnerstein so uh, this year you've got another keynote speaker from the Bay Area uh, Julian Lute who is the uh, an advisor on organizational culture from great place to work which I've seen a lot of their stuff in, in the past and and you know I've really been impressed on some of the things that that I've seen out there that they're doing work on what can we expect from Julian's session this year? So, uh, first off, we, we agree. We, we thought uh, Amy Trask last year was, was uh, a great speaker, so always hard to, to follow up with another great speaker. We are excited about having Julian Lute uh, at our conference as well. Um, lots of people, as you'd already mentioned, certainly have heard of the great places to work list. And so yeah. it's not just uh, an organization that publishes lists. They are, in fact, an advisor on organizational culture, how to put together high-performing uh, companies, 
including what do you do with uh, your employees and identifying and retaining and training. So it's it's a it's a, a broad based organization that uh, yes they put out a list, but there's much more behind it. So I think people will really. Uh, get a lot of insight from Julian, especially given uh, in a situation we have very low unemployment. Uh, we have situations where people are struggling to identify how to find new employees, how to keep employees, et cetera. So um, I, we believe it's extremely timely because we hear this not only in the student housing sector, but in the uh, multifamily sector as well. And so I, uh, we believe uh, the, uh, people will get a lot out of Julian's presentation. But following up even more so, so that's, that's a keynote. So oftentimes there's not a lot of Q&A in a, key, in a keynote. So we've asked Julian to do a breakout panel where we're going to have a couple of our companies uh, on a panel with him who will talk about some of the challenges that they have and maybe get some advice and offering from him. And we'll certainly be an interactive session where... Uh, other organizations who may be facing challenges will be able to uh, interact with Julian on a, on a more intimate basis in, in a breakout panel following his presentation. The one other thing is a follow-up uh, from your mention about Amy Trask, and it, it's a little bit of a funny story in terms of uh, I think people were very, very energized, including uh, Bill Bayless from uh, ACC mm -hmm. and his COO, Jennifer Beese, who approached yeah. Amy afterwards and were excited about uh, potentially having her speak to their management. Very well, cool. that has actually spawned an idea uh, for us in terms of our executive panel this year. It's going to look a little bit different. So on the uh, that, that keynote session that we have on the very first afternoon, we're not just going to have CEOs on the panel, but we're actually going to have their COOs along with them and some of the challenges that they face in implementing, developing strategy and implementing strategy. So it'll be something that'll be a bit unique. Uh, and and uh, I think that uh, the audience will uh, get a lot out of that session. So well, I, I am an audience. Her influence remains even this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm an operations guy, so that that sounds awesome. Looking forward to, to that. Hey, so I, I noticed that uh, the many of the exhibitors are doing demo kiosk. Uh, is that different from the from the typical exhibit hall that, that's been done in the past? Is it in, in addition to? Can you give our listeners a little bit of uh, understanding of what that's about this year? Yeah, so again, you know, we're, we're always looking to uh, make the experience at our conferences something that meets as many of the needs of our uh, attendees. And one of the things that I think we find uh, probably across every single conference that has an exhibit hall um, is that uh, exhibit halls um, are a challenge in terms of getting sufficient traffic through them, uh, providing satisfaction for all attendees, whether those who are exhibitors or those who uh, who may avoid the exhibit hall. So we actually eliminated our exhibit hall this year based on that feedback. So we're trying to reimagine the experience of uh, those who may want to be able to present uh, who they are um, and giving them greater opportunities to network. Um, attend conferences to reach out and, and figure out how to meet up with people. And the kiosks are still uh, a way for companies to highlight who they are. So it's not a formal exhibit hall with, you know, as you kind of walk down an exhibit hall and you see the 10 by 10 studios that are set up. This is a, a kiosk and it really is 
They're reimagining. It doesn't take as much floor space. It's much easier for everybody to uh, get set up, um, but it also makes it much easier for people to walk and and uh, look at uh, what various people are, uh, quote-unquote, exhibiting in a different format. Um, we were uh, trying this out, and so far the uh, results and response from our uh, uh, members and the people who are attending has been phenomenal. And we started out with a relatively uh, uh, low goal in terms of how many kiosks we think that uh, people would be interested in. We're far exceeding um, that uh, initial estimate of what we thought we could do. So great, great feedback so far by the uptake on, on these demo kiosks. We look forward to, to seeing how, uh, how this is going to work. Well, great. Well, that's you know that's one thing. I, again, I love about you guys. You're always you're always looking to you're always looking to deliver. You know on on what the you know the attendees and the sponsors are wanting, and then you know on top of that, you guys seem to always bring a, a way to take it to a new level. So that's uh, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to to seeing that. Um, so each year, you guys provide a, a legislative and regu- regulatory update, um, which I always get a ton of benefit from i'm sure tariffs are going to be you know part of the topic this year what what other key issues will you be reviewing in that session so i really appreciate that question uh wes because one of nmac's great strengths is that we're a trade association and we uh, lobby capitol hill and federal regulators on every issue that impacts student housing from soup to nuts be it capital markets issues tax issues uh, property level issues mm-hmm. uh, insurance issues uh, gse issues um and pretty much anything else you can think of in our other uh hat with our other hats dave is our vice president of capital markets and i'm our vice president of tax so one thing that we bring to student housing is actually a uh, solid understanding of what's happening in Washington and how that impacts uh, everything that's going on with student housing uh, from a legislative and regulatory perspective. So we are actually going to have two uh, breakfast briefings this year. One will be a legislative and regulatory update where we're actually going to cover the soup to nuts issues, uh, tax policy, uh, GSE reform, capital markets, uh, flood insurance, and the like. Um, And then we're also going to have a special breakout session on Opportunity Zones where we've invited a tax partner from Cohn Resnick. Um, Opportunity Zones are a very exciting new tax incentive that is designed to drive investment in economically distressed areas. And we understand that many student housing companies are taking a look at those tax incentives to see how Opportunity Zones might be able to um, work for their business model. So we're very excited from those two perspectives about bringing in a legislative and regulatory um, outlook uh, to the conference. I've got my first question for for that person <laughs> because I am certainly I'm currently uh, advising on a on a property that is literally right across the street from the opportunity zone. <laughs> And I would really love to say to ask them: Is there any way that we're able to 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 move that just <laughs> just across the street? That's that's all we need. Um, 
Well, great. Well, so, uh, you know, again, I, I'm looking forward to, to this conference. Like I said, uh, you know, for, for anyone that's listening in the audience, if there's, um, regardless if you're new to student housing, if you're, you know, uh, like myself and attended the first one 17 years ago, because um, uh, NMHC actually provided the first student housing conference for the industry, uh, this, this is one that I just, I'm able to pull away a lot of valuable content and and looking forward and, and certainly encourage everybody to, to attend if they're able to. Um, last question, where can the listeners go to, to get more info and certainly to register? Sure. Uh, NMHC.org. And then you can uh, search for the calendar and, and look for this upcoming conference is uh, where you get the information in terms of how to register. And and so I uh, we're excited about uh, being in this location and, and certainly uh, look forward to seeing a lot of people in the industry at this conference. Fantastic. Well, guys, I appreciate it so much. If anyone has specific questions for for uh, you guys, is there a way for them to contact you? Um, I guess email may be the best, but is there a maybe a general info email that you would want to give to everybody? You know, I'm perfectly happy to have people call me directly at 202-974-2362, and I'd be happy to take anybody's calls. Perfect. Well, guys, I appreciate it so much. Thanks again, and look forward to seeing you guys in October. Thanks, Wes. We really appreciate the time. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, guys, there you have it. If you are in a situation where you can make it to the uh, NMHC uh, event next week, I highly recommend it. I will say... I was planning to make it myself, but due to some family commitments, I had to back out. But don't worry, Student Housing Insight will still be representing. Um, Many of you guys who have attended our summits this year will certainly know the name Willie Butler. Uh, Willie spoke at three of the four summits this year and has now joined SHI as a co-host. So welcome, Willie. He also just released his first book, Releasing, uh, a counterintuitive approach to apartment leasing. I highly suggest you get this book and read it before Thanksgiving. Um, It it will make a huge impact to you and your leasing team, and I I truly believe that. You can find it on Amazon, uh, or you can order it from Willie's website, which is releasingup.com. Again, that's releasingup.com. But again, he will be in Chicago, and we're going to sit down with him when he gets back and talk about what his takeaways were. All right, guys, have a great day. Thanks for listening. And as always, make sure you are plugged into our online community at studenthousinginsight.com. Just go to that website, go to the top where it says member login and click on that and set up your profile. On this community, you can stay up to date on all the things we're doing to make student housing better. And it gives you a place to post questions and job posts and everything student housing, both in the U.S. and around the world. Yep, we're global now. All right, guys, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode.